Abraham was tired. As he walked back to camp, he realized he wasn't just worn out, but he was tired. That deep soul level type of exhaustion that you know a good night's sleep's not going to fix. Ever since God called him all those years ago, he had done his best to say yes and go. To say yes to obedience, even though it often meant saying no to comfort. He knew it would require sacrifice, but he had no idea just how tough it would be. Ever since he left home, things had gotten harder, not easier. And on this particular day, as he was on his way back to camp, after his longest day yet, he was just ready to be done. And that's the moment Abraham had one of the most mysterious but beautiful interactions ever recorded in Scripture. Welcome to A Story of Scripture, a standalone episode from Stories in Scripture. The Bible is a library of 66 books written by 40 different authors over the course of 1,500 years. And yet, it all tells one story. This is a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of Scripture one piece at a time. Let's get going. If you've ever tried to pick up your Bible and start reading from page one, you probably notice that an awful lot happens very quickly in the opening chapters. Genesis can be a confusing book, but here's a quick overview. The first two chapters are about God's partnership with humans. God teams up with Adam and Eve to create a flourishing world, but then on the third page, humans mess everything up. A chasm forms and things spin out of control really quickly. There's murder and a flood and this really strange story about the Nephilim. By Genesis 11, we are left to wonder if things are broken beyond repair. But then, in Genesis 12, a brand new story begins. God appears to a man named Abraham, or Abram at the time, but we'll call him by his more well-known name, Abraham, and he makes a big promise. Let's read it together. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. So Abraham's story starts just like every hero's journey begins, with an invitation to leave what is comfortable to step out from what you know, and to borrow some language from Frozen 2, to journey into the unknown. It keeps going and God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's a big promise and a big job. After several chapters of humans trying to build a great nation for themselves, God says to Abraham, hey, what if you just go where I show you and let me lead, and then I will make you into a great nation? So in Genesis 12, this new story begins where Abraham goes. 
And let's give him some credit. Like God was pretty vague here with his instructions. I'd probably want a little more of an itinerary if it were me. All Abraham got was go. And so he went. But as he went, things didn't go so great. For example, Abraham and his wife Sarah get to Egypt and all the Egyptians are eyeing Sarah and Abraham, our hero, the father of the faith, the one who is going to lead the way, gets scared. He pulls Sarah aside and says, hey, why don't you tell them we're siblings? She's like, what did you just say? And he doubles down on it and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. if we're siblings, then they won't kill me. Now, I know next to nothing about relationships, but even I know that's probably not the right thing to say to your wife. Also, Abraham had a nephew named Lot who was traveling with them, and the two of them were good friends, but Abraham's shepherds and Lot's shepherds started getting into fights. So because other people couldn't keep it together, they were forced to separate. But then one day this messenger comes running up to Abraham and reports that his nephew Lot has been taken captive. So now Abraham has to stop all he's doing, rally an army, become a military general, and all of a sudden go fight back. Side note, it can be a little disorienting when we are so certain God calls us to do something, but then as we go, it just feels like doors keep slamming left and right. I feel like at some point during that battle, he had to be saying, hey, God, you know how you called me to leave the land I was super comfortable in and head out to this undisclosed location? And ever since, I've either been worried for my life or my wife's life or my nephew's life. What's the deal? So Abraham wins the battle. He gets his family and all of his possessions back. And then as he is on his way back to camp, just over and done with it all. He has this mysterious interaction that I'm, I'm telling you, it's so weird. I'm just going to read it for us or else you'll think I'm making it up. The Bible says this, Then Melchizedek, king of Shalem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Okay. We need to stop for a second. Sometimes these stories in scripture just come out of nowhere. They last a few verses, and then the story just moves right along. So let's pause and talk about this. Abraham's tired. He's trying to listen to God. He's trying to be faithful. He's trying to do the right thing as he attempts to start this brand new movement where he is trying to get to this new land. And then the moment he grows really tired and feels like he can't go on, this guy named Melchizedek shows up unannounced and announces he's king of Shalem. By the way, that's short for Jerusalem, the place Abraham is eventually trying to get to. 
and then blesses Abraham in the name of God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. But wait a second, Abraham was the one starting this new movement, right? Like he's Father Abraham, the one we sing songs about. This whole thing starts with him, except apparently not. Apparently the ball was already rolling. Apparently Melchizedek was here before him. You see how odd this story is? By the way, Melchizedek's first move is to pull out bread and wine. What does that sound like? I mean, never mind that at the end of it, Abraham ends up giving him a tenth of everything, which is just the Bible going, hey, 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 pay attention. Here's another clue in case you missed those last four. We won't even talk about the tenth. I want to talk about how Melchizedek pulls out the bread and the wine. Because here's the thing, this was 500 years before Moses and the Passover meal was even a thing. And this was 2,000 years before Jesus, so that thing we call communion, there's no language for that yet. No script for the body of Christ, no painting of the Last Supper, and yet Melchizedek was here before all of that, sharing bread and wine with the person who is just doing their best to follow God. In other words, we always talk about how Abraham was this trailblazer for all of this, and he was, for sure, in so many ways. But also, there was this guy named Melchizedek who showed up and essentially says, hey, as someone who has been on this path for a long time, I feel compelled to bless you and encourage you to keep going. Now, why do I say all this? Well, I remember several years ago when I was a few years into following Jesus, I was faced with the same question everybody is faced with. What do I do? Like, what's my purpose? How do I allocate my time? Who do I try to help? Where do I give my energy? Around that time, I sat down for lunch with a mentor of mine at this little cafe that has amazing pastrami sandwiches, and I fired away. What's my win? I asked him. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? He didn't look up from his sandwich, so I kept venting. I, I mean, there are so many different ways I could go about trying to help people. I told him, big picture, 30,000 feet, what's the win? What should I be trying to do? Have you ever asked that question? I'm sure you have. Well, my mentor took his time before he said one of the most helpful things I've ever heard. Pick up the ball and move it further down the field. Then he shrugged his shoulders and went back to eating his sandwich. When Abraham was at the end of his rope, wondering how he was going to pioneer this new thing and carry it to completion while leading his family, saving his nephew and everything else going on, he meets this strange character named Melchizedek who shows up and reminds him that this whole movement was taking place long before he ever arrived. Abraham's job was simply to pick up the ball and continue moving it down the field. Isn't that nice to remember? I mean, there are so many takeaways from Melchizedek's story. In fact, we could continue to trace his story all the way to King David, who talks about him in Psalm 110, and then obviously to Jesus, who he's a picture of. But for today, just this one simple thought from this beautiful story in Scripture. What are you trying to build? Why do you feel like you are alive? 
whatever that thing is, hold it off to the side for a second. Take a deep breath and remember this truth. Melchizedek was here before you. Or said differently, God has been at work from the beginning. No matter how innovative your idea, you aren't starting something new. You are picking up the ball and moving it down the field. A few years ago, I moved to Austin, Texas with some of my best friends to plant a church, and it's been this amazing ride. We've gotten to see God do so much, but we've also had our fair share of difficulties and trials along the way, and sometimes I just stop and remember that long before we got to this city, there were hundreds of other men and women planting churches. And long after we've breathed our last breaths, there will be countless people rising up to continue carrying the kingdom of heaven forward. We weren't the first, we won't be the last. We are just another group of people doing our best to play our part. And remembering that is like a deep breath for an exhausted soul. Sometimes knowing what to do can be overwhelming. And oftentimes we let the pressure of doing the right thing keep us from doing anything at all. Let the story of Melchizedek remind you the same thing my mentor reminded me all those years ago. You aren't the first, you won't be the last, but you can be the next in a long line of teammates who are working to bring God's kingdom to earth. There is someone who came before you, several who will come next. Your only job is to pick up the ball and move it down the field. Let that free you up today. Because let's be real, the savior complex can be a real thing, can't it? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but my goodness, it can be so easy to start believing it's all on our shoulders. But Melchizedek was here before you. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. God has been at this for a long, long time long time. Let that reminder be a blessing to you today and let it inspire you to keep going. And of course, the only proper way to end this episode is with a quote from Gandalf. Lord of the Rings is not a story in scripture, but it is a story based off of scripture. So here we go. When Frodo is feeling overwhelmed by his mission, by the thing he knows he has to do, he tells Gandalf, I wish it need not have happened in my time. He's tired. His mission feels hopeless. He doesn't know how much longer he can hang on. And Gandalf, in his wisdom, replies, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Whatever this episode means to you today, remember, your job is simply to use the time that has been given to you to move the ball a little further down the field. Do your best. Remember to rest along the way and never, ever forget that you are a part of a much bigger story because Melchizedek was here before you. Thank you for listening to this standalone episode of Stories in Scripture. To find out more about this project, 
visit our website, storiesinscripture.com. Follow us on Instagram at Stories in Scripture. And please be sure to rate and review this podcast. We hope this episode helped bring Scripture to life a little more for you today. We'll see you next time for another story.